Welcome to the Clinical Podcast Series brought to you by the American Academy of Optometry Foundation. The topic for this episode is multifocal contact lens design, not addition power, affects accommodation responses in young adult myopes. It is my pleasure to bring to you our host, Dr. Dave Kading, our topical expert, Dr. Maggie Bailey, and our lead topical editor, Dr. Andrew Pucker. And now let's begin today's podcast. Thank you for joining us for the American Academy of Optometry Foundation's clinical podcast series. We are so excited to have you and to talk with you about this topic today. I'm joined by uh, Dr. Maggie Bailey. She is a fellow and lives in Alabama. How are you today, Maggie? I'm great, David. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. My name is David Kading. I practice in Seattle, Washington, and we love talking about myopia. We've got the myopia podcast that I'm a part of. And uh, was really excited to talk with Maggie about a paper that came out. The reason why this paper is so interesting is I'm not quite sure whether it fits into the binocular vision component of the academy, the contact lens component of the academy, or the myopia components of the topics. And so uh, with Dr. Pucker, who's the editor of this this area, uh, we found Maggie, who was going to be able to really nail down how all of those components kind of fit together with this uh, with this particular uh, publication. This is titled Multifocal Contact Lens Designs, Not Addition Power, Affect Accommodation Response in Young Adult Myopes. And the first author on this paper uh, was Kate Gifford, who also is uh, an incredible myopia practitioner but understands the binocular component of what's going on with myopia management and can teach us so many things. So Maggie, tell us about this paper. Give us a little bit of an overview of uh, why this is important. Wow, this paper, Dave, this paper rocked my world a little bit. I'm not going to lie. That being said, uh, I don't know if this paper gives us much big picture that we didn't already know clinically. Mm, There's some super mm-hmm. interesting academic findings in here, mm-hmm. but when I reflected on it, I don't know if I'm going to change or alter my end practice because of anything in it. Yeah, but that's okay. Sometimes it mm-hmm. just confirms Absolutely. to us that what we know is right, right? That's Absolutely. important in research. Yes. So this paper compared many commonly used soft contact lenses for myopia control. It looked at my site, it looked at high ad and low ad biofinity multifocals with distance centers, and it looked at the natural view lenses as well. And it mm-hmm. separated them by design of the lens. We've got the my site lens, which is the concentric dual focus lens, and then everyone else in the aspheric category. That's the biofinity mm-hmm. multifocals and the natural view. Mm-hmm. Then they looked at how accommodation responds to the different lens designs and correlated it with the things that we already know about accommodative accuracy and myopia progression, as well as the things we already know about correcting for peripheral defocus and myopia progression. Okay, okay. And uh, so what were some of the key findings uh, that we took away from this? I I, I think we talked about accommodative response and so so forth. Yes. So just to jump ahead a little bit, the TLDR, if you will, 
is that they found that it basically doesn't matter which lens design you pick, whether it's a MySight lens or an aspheric lens, you're still going to get good bang for your buck in terms of myopia control. Okay. However, the way they came However. to that conclusion, yeah, <laughs> the way they came to that conclusion is really interesting, like in a super nerdy way, especially for people who hold binocular vision near and dear to our heart. Well, we're all fellows here, so we're all nerds. Yes. So lay yes, it out for true. us. That is absolutely true. <laughs> um, so they looked at two things with accommodation. One is accommodative lag, and one was the stability of the accommodative response. Remind us, contact lens people, about accommodative lag. Yes, so accommodative lag is the accuracy of the accommodative response and how well it correlates to the dioptric demand depending on the distance of the near target. So if I have a two diopter demand, mm -hmm. my lag is how much I put towards that uh, demand. Yes, and we're all a little lazy. We all lag behind about a half a diopter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, so, what uh, what what are what are we taking away from this? Uh, you you mentioned that it didn't matter the design, whether it's aspheric or concentric ring. Um, anything kind of stick out to you with regards to that? And can you speak sure. more to how those lenses? affected the, the of outcomes of the accommodation? Of course. So let me tell you how I kind of came to that conclusion. Basically, the MySight is fantastic at the accommodative accuracy. The MySight lens allows for very accurate accommodation. The lag is perfect. The aspheric lenses, the biofinity multifocals with the distance centers and the natural view lens, terrible at accommodative accuracy. The accommodative lag is about 1.25, I think they said on average in those lenses. Mm. Now, I mentioned that they also looked at the optical design in terms of the peripheral defocus of these two lens groups. Optically, the aspheric lenses, the biofinity and the natural view are better at correcting this peripheral blur than the concentric dual focus lenses, the MySight lens. And so if you notice, one's good at one thing and not as good at the other, and the other's good at the other thing and not as good as the first thing. So that's how I came to the conclusion that I can comfortably and um, I can comfortably use these lenses knowing that I'm going to get good effect at slowing down the progression of myopia for my patients. According to the study, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so uh, how do we, uh, does, this, does this change how we pick what patients we're going to put into it? Can we, you know, anticipate here's XYZ patient, they may be better suited for this lens or that lens, or does this not really give us any indication into that? Hmm. I think that's a really interesting question. Um, Thank you. I, I don't have, I don't have any gut response, you know, gut um I don't have any gut feelings, you know, either mm -hmm. way. I feel like that is, could be a very exciting area of research to come, you know, letting yeah. us know which, which lens design for which patient is going to be the most effective. Yeah. I don't know that I do either, but if I went into the fitting of a myopic children, a child, and they had a very poor accommodative uh, lag already, First of all, I think we should do binocular vision correction on them mm -hmm. before we do soft lens fitting. Mm -hmm. 
but it, it may influence you to put them on a lens that has less of an effect on their lag as opposed to further degradating their lag in some way. That, that potentially could affect the, the child in some way, but there's a lot of other confounding factors if, I, if I'm understanding correctly. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I definitely agree with that. You don't want to exacerbate an already inaccurate um, accommodative system. Yeah. So send your patients to binocular vision correction if you don't have it in your practice, if they do already yield some major accommodative problems. Any closing thoughts and uh, how might these data points guide the, 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 the future of how we're correcting patients? Any, any thoughts in closing? I do have some thoughts in closing. Um, you know, I talked earlier about how big picture, we didn't learn too much in our clinical everyday practice that we might not already be doing. Um, However, I will say that my clinical opinion has changed a little bit as the result of this paper. Previously, I thought that more, I thought that accommodation had more to do with myopic progression, um, specifically the accuracy of the accommodative system. I thought it was more a factor more of a factor in myopia progression. And this paper is kind of arguing that not so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we, uh, I think we still have a lot to learn with regards to that. And papers like this kind of say maybe is not a big of a deal. And then we talk to some of our binocular vision counterparts and they bring up papers that push towards it. I think it's a, a, a great idea to start combining these types of treatments to see how it really is going to uh, kind of hash out and continue to look at this in the research. But uh, as well, you know, I think that this uh, pr- provided a really compelling argument. So, well, this was a really interesting one. Obviously a big bite to take off of, and I think you did an incredible job summarizing it. Thank Thanks. you for parting, uh, being part of the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. And thank you for joining us for the American Academy of Optometry's Foundation clinical podcast series. We're, uh, we're honored to get to be a part of it and honored that you've taken the time to listen. Make sure to stay tuned for future episodes uh, and uh, we'll see you next time. And a special thanks to Cooper Vision for their educational grant to make it all happen. 